So we're going through the book of Proverbs. Uh, go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 is where we'll be this morning. And if you want to find Proverbs 3 verses 19 through 21, uh, that's where we'll be most of this morning. Uh, in fact, this morning um, we're, we're starting a, a season, uh, or continuing rather, from what Pastor Eric started last week of going through the book of Proverbs, not just for the sake of going through the book of Proverbs, although that's a pretty good thing because God's Word is God's Word. And I want you to know that if you uh, are a follower of Christ and just don't uh, feel like uh, there's any power to your Christian walk, I can just promise you that if you begin to deeply dive into the Word of God, if you begin to hide His Word in your heart, it is like, I don't know, uh, nitrous oxide to your soul in a car, not, <laughs> not in the dental office. That has a different effect. But like, it is like, I mean, just, that was a bad illustration. That's why I just stick to my notes, right? Like, it's, it just, it is a beautiful thing uh, uh, that, that, that gets you going. And so here's what I want to just challenge you to do. Um, if you have not been... Uh, if you have not been walking daily with the Lord, reading His Word together, man, you, you ought to do that. In fact, a great way to do that, we have uh, our sermon-based Bible study journals that go along. Uh, I think they're like three or four bucks or something like that. Uh, we'd love to provide one for you. If you can't cover that, man, someone will. Seth, he's our student ministry pastor here. Student pastors make a ton of money. He'd love to just cover... You're, he will. He said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so uh, that being said, I'm just joking, but if you can't afford that, just ask the person next to you. And if they say, I don't have four bucks, then both of you go to somebody else. And then that person needs $8. We just want to make sure that you have one of those so that you can read along each week through the book of Proverbs with us. Another great way to do that is in our life groups. Now I'm telling you, if you're not a part of a life group, this sounds like I'm way overstating it, but I'm not. God did not design you to do the Christian life by yourself. That's not part of his design. In fact, part of when he bought you, he bought you into community with him and with a community of believers that all believe in Jesus and bear his name as Christians. You're designed to be in a group that is growing and learning about Jesus. We call those things Life groups. We have life groups on campus here at 9.30 in the morning. We have uh, life groups off campus as well, all throughout the community. Would love to get you connected to a life group. Now, I, I said all of that so you had plenty of time to find the book of Proverbs. I hope you did. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 19. And this morning, this message is entitled, The Way of Wisdom. Joey, go to the next slide. The Way of of wisdom being like Jesus. In fact, if there's nothing else you learned this morning, it is simply this. Then you can check out your fantasy football team and how they're doing. Although games don't start till one. We're on Eastern time. So no excuses. The way of wisdom looks like being like Jesus. That's the way of wisdom. Because we, we naturally do not look like Jesus. In fact, one of the reasons I talk about reading the Bible and joining a life group is because in our state, as a follower of Christ, we tend 
to un, just like uncared for, if we just kind of let things go, we will not like accidentally look like Jesus. We will look like, well, ourselves rather than Jesus. And that's exactly the thing that Jesus saved you from having to do. And in walking in wisdom, as we walk in wisdom, as we pursue wisdom, we are pursuing Christ, or rather to say that more carefully, when we pursue Christ and his way for our lives, we are pursuing wisdom. Because by ourselves, we have a tendency to just do what we do and know what we know, and what we do and what we know does not cut it when it comes to walking in a wise way in the Christian life. My wife and I, when we were engaged, actually, uh, uh, her family had a, a place to stay in uh, New York City, and so I went with them to New York City to just hang out with the family and uh, go to New York City, because that's an awesome place to go. And we went to their favorite Chinese restaurant, or I don't know what kind of food it was, uh, but something like that. And uh, with that, Tommy, uh, her stepdad, uh, ordered this spicy chicken whatever thing in which they cooked some type of beef. Um, I know, my knowledge of the culinary arts is astounding, right? In which they took some type of beef and they cook it in some type of pepper. And you don't eat the pepper, you just eat the beef that has the infused flavors. And I thought to myself, how, how hot could those peppers be? And I was a bold 20-year-old uh, or 21. Actually, it was right before my 21st birthday. And so I was a bold 20-year-old. And I thought, I bet that I can uh, eat that pepper. And it, I mean, how hot could it be, right? Her, her, Tommy, they, Tommy and Karen, they go to our Kempsville location he said, are you sure? Like, these peppers are pretty hot. I was like, no, how hot could it be? So I took a little one, and I took a bite, and it wasn't that bad. And after a while, it started to burn a little bit. And he said, well, if you got, it's a good thing you didn't get one with the seeds, because then uh, that's where it'd be really that hot. And so I thought, how hot could this thing be? And I grabbed a bigger one. I threw it in my mouth. And um, as attractive as I was, because I'm now older than Jesus at 34, uh, back at 21, and my prime as a young military dude, I was not attractive as I had snot running down my face, <laughs> was bawling like a baby, and could not chug milk and water fast enough. And when my stomach was full and I was still in pain, it didn't do anything to help. And in that process, I realized I should have listened to everyone around me because like they, they, had, they had been there a bunch of times before. They knew the process. There was a collective knowledge that should have been applied, and I did not apply it. Therefore, I was not wise. I tell you all that to say that in the Christian life, there is a big difference, a big difference, a big difference between knowing the knowledge that you ought to know and applying the knowledge, and that is wisdom. That God himself is not impressed by us who may know things about him. In heaven, he will not do a Bible drill to see if you know your Bible drill well enough, and thus you may enter into the kingdom 
of God. But rather, what impresses God, what we're talking about in wisdom, is not just knowing more stuff about God, but rather taking that knowledge and now applying it about looking at the accumulation of the godly counsel that's found in Scripture and not just knowing it, but now living it in our lives. In fact, last week, Pastor Eric preached on Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. And in that proverb, uh, Solomon, who's writing the book of Proverbs, or writes most of it, rather, or it's most of his Sayings. He begins by saying, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A fear of the Lord means that both that you awe God because of all of who He is, but also that you fear Him, that there's a way that He wants you to live because of who He is, and so you are fearful that He might squash you if you go out of line. It's like a picture of a good dad who both is revered by his children and also is feared appropriately when they step out of line. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise knowledge and instruction. Despise means to look down on or to look lowly upon It's that person who sits, that 20-year-old who sits and says, you all don't know what I know, and I'm going to do this anyways. And you find yourself bawling in front of your fiancé with snot running down your face, embarrassed with the whole family, and have to go back by yourself because you have a sour stomach full of milk, and you're still burning. You wipe it in your eyes. It's bad, y'all. It is bad. And that's a great picture of a fool. You're welcome, right? That's a great picture of a fool. Someone who looks at the collective knowledge of God himself in Scripture and says, I don't know, I know better than that. You see, what Solomon wants us to see is that devotion to God and devotion to wisdom are inseparable. And that sometimes we take wisdom and we often or we might have a tendency to take some of these things or to take what God is doing in our life and and want to apply it just so we can stop doing bad things and that that's not that's not a bad motivation like you you ought to have a level of your life where you don't want to get out of line with your heavenly father that's that's a good fear that's a healthy fear but that's not like all that God has saved you to do with wisdom. God gives us wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not so, not just so that we won't step out of line, but so that we would walk and live as God has designed life to be walked and life to live. Not just avoiding sin, but thriving in the life that he has given us. So that we don't find ourselves full of knowledge, but walking as a fool, despising the knowledge that he has given us in Scripture. Like, did you know that you are saved for so much more than knowing what God does not want you to do? In fact, the very essence of Christianity is that you are dead to sin, of course, but you are alive with Christ. 
First Peter 2.24, check out what this says. It says, he himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins on the tree that we might die to sin, yes, and live to righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul writes, for you have died and your life, your life is hidden with Christ in God. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 6, there's this beautiful explanation that you're not just dead to sin, but you are now alive to walk in a very specific way. It says, for we have been united with Jesus in a death like his. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Jesus isn't just partially alive, surviving in life. He is thriving and living and reigning on the throne. We know, verse 6, that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. It's a beautiful thing, but it doesn't stop there. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will live with him. Because we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death, he died. He died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you, you and me and every person in this room must consider yourselves not just dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here's the point. The motivation for walking in wisdom is not just so that I, can, I won't step out of line with my Father God, although that is part of motivation of fearing the Lord. The motivation for walking in wisdom is so that we can live and walk alive. That the Christ life is a life that promises not just never-ending, abounding forgiveness for all of your sin, past, present, and future, but it is a life that is abundant in the Spirit, not just knowing how to live better, but knowing how to live in the very power of God living within you. That's why I can say the way of wisdom looks like being like Jesus. But what, what, is that, what does that even mean, right? Like what... What do we, how do we, what does it look like to apply wisdom? Well, here's what I want you to know. The next like 12 weeks or however long we're going through this book or 11 weeks, I think after this, we're going to see practical everyday applications as we go through. But here's a couple of things you need to know about the way of wisdom and what God wants to teach you in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 19. And the first thing is simply this. You've got to see this. Wisdom acts. Remember, wisdom isn't just the accumulation of knowledge. It's action, proper action, based on the proper accumulation of knowledge. Wisdom acts. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. The Bible says, The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. Continuing on, he says, by understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds drop down dew, uh, drop, drop down the dew or drop down dew on the earth, depending on your 
Translation. Do you see how God's application of wisdom is also action? Like when God made the foundations of the earth and there was nothing, God said, let there be light, and then there was an action, and there was light. In in the same way, what God expects us to do with wisdom is act on it. And simply having the knowledge of God does not equate to walking in the wisdom of God. You'll, you'll see this like all over social media and in your office place or in the Whitney home tomorrow morning, right? So today, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing uh, the Texans. And I, listen, Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I understand fully, fully that Nick Foles went down in the first quarter last week. Everyone was sad. Our hearts dropped. They lost. But the season is longer than one game. I'm going somewhere with all this, I promise, right? We all know fully that Gardner Minshew is going to help them win, lead them to a victory over the Texans today. And if, I, if that's not true, you can buy me lunch. And so in that, <laughs> in that, tomorrow morning, there's going to be all sorts of people in Texas, in Houston, talking about what the Texans should have done to beat the Jaguars because they lost. In your office place, let's be a little more realistic here. Um, I don't like saying this, but it's true. Tom Brady is like the best uh, quarterback who has ever existed. If not, I mean, top three. I mean, he's, he's good, y'all. He just is. I didn't like him for a long time, but he's playing good. Now, let's pretend for just a minute that tomorrow morning... In your office place or, or wherever, or in my house, this would be awesome. It's not going to happen, but it would be awesome. Um, we were going over how the Patriots uh, could have beat the Dolphins today even worse. Because you know it's going to happen, right? <laughs> I'm from Florida. Miami hasn't had a team since, well, even before, way back in the day. I just, right? But like in that process, let's just pretend that I'm talking about my, my knowledge of how it should have happened and, um, and then Tom Brady knocks on my door, again, that's why it's not going to or comes into your office place and says, well, actually, um, here's how we could have done this better, and here's how we did it. You see, the difference between those two is knowledge that's unapplied and knowledge that is applied with a depth of wisdom that no Monday morning quarterbacking will ever accomplish. In my, my point in all of this is that what, what God is looking for is not our pithy sayings about what we know about God and how it should be applied to our lives or perhaps how it should be applied to others, but rather he is impressed by those who continually apply it in their walk because God himself applies wisdom and he does it perfectly. He expects us to act in wisdom. So that doesn't help us a whole lot, right? Because God is God and he is perfect and he knows all things. He can speak and stuff just happens. 
Like it's, I almost compared it to Tom Brady. That would be the wrong comparison. But he just, he just shows up on a field and then suddenly they win. It just doesn't make sense to me. But God's even better than that. Don't, don't write that part of time. Right? Like, like in that process, like you, you know if someone says, I have the best recipe ever and you go to their house and the food is burnt and it tastes terrible and on the way home you have to stop and get some Taco Bell just to brush the taste off your tongue, right? Like, you know that their knowledge and their application of it is very different, and they are not wise about cooking or whatever area of life. That's not impressive for you. That's not impressive for me. You know then that in our spiritual lives, that's not impressive for God. But rather, we are called to walk in wisdom, not just to avoid bad choices, but to see that God himself and his application of wisdom makes the foundations of the earth. And now you and me have something really cool that we know that Solomon did not in this text. That there is a divine intention behind Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, that we know more fully that King Solomon only knew partially. That if God himself, applying wisdom, made all things, and we as followers of Christ can know personally, can be live in personally, can be filled with personally the very wisdom of God that is so powerful, it spoke and everything was made. That we know something behind this text that Solomon doesn't know, and it is this, that wisdom is being like Jesus, who himself is wisdom. Did you know that? Did you know that this text, when, Paul, when Solomon says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth, he wasn't just talking about this idea that was floating out there. He was talking about a real, actual, living person. In fact, look at what scripture says about this. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 through 24. It says this, For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But when a, a more accumulation of knowledge, like that's going to help you. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Not only that, all things were made through Jesus, who is the wisdom of God. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Paul writes, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, invisible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Not only that, but every wise way as a follower of Christ, every nugget of wisdom is found in him. Chapter 3, verse 3 of Colossians. Paul wrote to them, in whom, that's Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So here's the message of the Bible on the way of wisdom. You want to walk wisely? Be like Jesus, God himself, through whom made all things and now dwells in you the very power and wisdom of God. That we act 
wisely because Jesus within us is wisdom in action. Oh, he's so much more. But you as a follower of Christ can walk in a way that pleases God being when we are being and acting like Jesus. So what do we do with this? Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. Because these massive theological ideas that God made all things by his wisdom. And that now in the New Testament we see that Jesus is the wisdom of God. Oh, he is more than that, and we could unpack that. But Jesus is the wisdom of God, and that your life in Christ is a life that ought to be now as a follower of Christ, marked by wisdom, because Christ himself is wisdom fulfilled. What do we do with this thing? Look at verse 21. Solomon writes to his kid, whoever he's writing to, my son, do not lose sight of this. Keep this idea continually in front of you. Do not forget that it is God himself who is the source of all wisdom. And you yourself, don't lose sight of this, but keep it. Hold on to it. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Your plan making. You begin to live and look at your life and plan out your life through the lens of Jesus. And you, my friend, will walk in a wise way way. And that's the rest of what verse of chapter 3 is. And we're just continuing on, verse 22. They will be life to your soul and adornment for your neck. Do you want your life to be alive, your soul to be alive, and your life to be beautiful before the throne of God? Walk wisely. Verse 23. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. Do you want to know how to love and honor and please and serve God, walk in the wisdom of Jesus Christ. Continuing on in verse 24. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do you want to know how to live in peace, in peace times, how to actually get a good night's sleep at night? Know that God himself is the one who is at work and begin to see the things that you worry about through the lens of Scripture, knowing that it is God who is in control. Continuing on in verse 25. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. And on and on it goes. Do you see how, how Solomon continues to apply this principle that God in his wisdom is the one who is acting and you are living in him and keeping his word close to you. And now as New Testament believers, we know that what that means practically and in reality is we love and follow and have Jesus living within us to love and follow him even more fully. But if you are not a follower of Christ, going back to the very beginning, if you have not come to a place where you have said, I do not want to be outside of God's design for life, and God is greater than anything else I could ever imagine. The word for that in the Old Testament is the fear of the Lord. That if you have not come to the place where you have recognized 
that God is king over all things and that you should not step outside of his design. If you have not, just to put it simply, come to the place where you have realized that you are in sin against God outside of his design. If you've not come to that place, I want you to know that you are not be- you have not begun this process of knowing who Jesus is, who is wisdom from God. That in a nutshell, where do you begin in your process if you're not a follower of Christ? I would ask you this morning that you would come to grips with the reality that you are outside of God's way and that he is greater than all things. I would ask you this morning, would you be willing to say, I fear the Lord. I have sinned against God. I am outside of his way. He is greater than all things and I'm not in line with him. Would you come to that conclusion? And if you would then I have some great news for you. You see, that's just the beginning of knowing that God sent Jesus to die for your sin, but that's not the end. Because God's design for you in your life is not just to know you're a sinner. That's easy. Are you perfect? No, you're a sinner. That's easy. But God's design for you is also to go beyond that to know that though I'm a sinner, God has made a way for me to be made right with him. He has made a way of wisdom that I can be like Jesus, not just a better version of your sinful self, not just a more moral person than the people around you, but holy and blameless and beyond reproach in Jesus Christ. And he did that by sending Jesus, who is wisdom, the wisdom of God, to die for your sin, even though he lived a perfect life and never sinned, so that your sin could be counted against him and his perfect righteousness would be given to you. If you're, not, if you're in here this morning and you're not a follower of Christ, why don't this morning you say, I want to walk the way of wisdom by believing in Jesus Christ and being saved? In fact, as a time of response, the band's going to come out and play, and I would ask you this morning, if you're not a follower of Christ, why don't you begin to talk to God right now and tell him something like this? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're looking at me, don't look at me anymore. You talk to God, unless you look at me to talk to God. That's fine. I'm not God, but I get it. Some people don't close their eyes. It's cool. But right now, why don't you just ask God? You say something like, dear God, I I know that I am outside of your way. Maybe you've heard the term like this before, that, that you're a sinner. That means you're outside of God's design. And you say, God, would you forgive me of my sin? Lord, would you, because of Jesus, make me right again with you? And God, now help me to live alive in you and walk in wisdom. If this morning you prayed that prayer or something similar, I'll I'll be up front. Gary, another one of our pastors, will be up front. We would love to talk with you during this last song. 
And if that's you, I want you to just take a moment and ask yourself the question, do I have the confidence to go forward and talk with somebody? And just wrestle with that for a minute. It's okay. We just want to know who you are and know how we can serve you more fully. For those in this room who are followers of Christ, here's what I would ask you to do with this last song. Would you take some time to assess your walk day in and day out as to whether or not it reflects not a life that makes moral decisions, although, man, that is good. Not a life that does more good than bad, that's good, or offends less people than others that, look, we don't want to unnecessarily offend people. that's, That's a good value. But if you're a follower of Christ, would you ask yourself the question, do you walk and live a life that reflects Jesus? Or another way to ask that would be, are you walking in the way of wisdom? And if there's an area of your life that is not being like Jesus. If you're walking in a way, Proverbs would say, is unwise or foolish, why don't you take this time during this last song and ask God to forgive you, he will, and help you to walk in wisdom, walk as Jesus would walk in that area. And if you don't know what that looks like or practically what that means, two things I'd say. Come the next 11 weeks, y'all, we're going to get it through the book of Proverbs. But then on top of that, there are people that are going to be up front, and we would love to just talk with you, pray with you. Man, we're not perfect, but we know Jesus who is. We'd love to share with you how he would see, how we, you can hold on to these things, how you, won't, how you can begin to gain sight again in that area of your life, to see that area of your life through the lens of God's wisdom. So through this last song, if you're a follower of Christ, I'd also invite you to come up and say hi. So let me pray, and then we'll stand and sing and respond. I'll be up afterwards and we'll close out. Jesus, thank you for being our king. Thank you for your word this morning. Help us to walk wisely. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you've given us a way to know that, to know your word and to know what wisdom is. We thank you that in Jesus we can find all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I pray that you'd help us to respond appropriately to you in this time, that we would walk out of here wiser and in Solomon's language, more like you than when we came in. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.